That was great. Sorry. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. <laughs> I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 267 <laughs> of Video Games Hot Dog. Celebrating, guess what, guys? What? Larry Bird's birthday. Oh. Uh, so today's date is, or his birthday was uh, in February of 67? Yeah, it was February 67. Okay. No, Larry Bird's older than that. Is he? Is he yeah. 267 years old? He uh, is. I was trying to remember that guy's <laughs> last name because it kept showing like information. Larry Legend. Yeah, it kept showing Larry Legend on the TV you know? in the Thai restaurant we just stayed at. Kept saying Larry Koopa? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever play uh, Jordan versus Bird one on one? No, I feel like I must have. It was I, everywhere. It was. It wouldn't was it be, weird. One on one on one. If every... you were playing Larry and a Bird, you were I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was just what? Michael Jordan versus a Bird, <laughs> and it, but it was oh. sponsored by Larry Bird. I was, I was, okay. I was kind of hoping that it was. Larry Bird and a Bird versus Michael Jordan and some other animal companion, also a Bird. Or something that's native to Jordan. Or like a jaguar? Sure. I don't uh, actually know what animals are native to Jordan. Only animals that start with a J. So, oh. jaguar, <laughs> j- jump, jumping bat. Uh, J- Jiminy cricket. Yeah, Jiminy cricket. Yeah. Jackalope. Okay. Jack-o'-lantern. Jocktopus. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, Jordan versus Bird. That's the first game on the docket. What have you guys been up to? How, how, how's your week? Well, yeah. it was mostly mostly work. The world is just fucked. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. You you guys are all up on that pun thing. Do you think that the name Astroglide is specifically intended to evoke anal sex? Oh, I think probably. <laughs> can I can I take a step back here? How did we get here? From... <laughs> Someone asked me how I've been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I've had conversations about that exact topic. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, and I think that somebody at some point told me that it was initially marketed just to gay men. Hmm. And that it Not to ask was you specifically, yeah, it was like to help get into your spacesuit. Right. It's to, it's to make it easier to fuck your spacesuit. <laughs> gets lonely up there. In, in space, no one can hear you cream. Oh. <laughs> or ro- ro- robot dogs. Uh, so. What? What? Uh, isn't Astro a, oh. a robot? He oh. A robot. He wasn't a robot. No. Oh, he was a real dog? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, weird. He, I think he was a cyborg. He definitely had enhancements. I think it was just a hat. Oh. Well. <laughs> like you can put that kind of enhancement on a dog now. Yeah, I guess that's true. Wait. You don't have to wait for the apocalypse like the Jetsons did. Yeah, but we have cyborgs now. That's true. So. I mean. I have fillings. That kind of makes me a cyborg. So, okay. So is it the ass in Astroglide? That, that was my, well, also that anal sex is just so stellar. Okay. Or was it, is it that like your butthole looks like a little asterisk? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. I think we've come up with three great reasons. Yeah, that it is. In fact, that. Uh, so that's your week? Uh-huh. The I, whole uh, thing. My, my. Mame, my little miniature desktop mame cabinet just beeped to let me know that Kevin was telling me that he would be calling me in a minute. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Uh, is that because there's an iPad in it? Yes. Ugh, God. Everything in your house is part of the Apple ecosystem, the internet of garbage things. <laughs> Pretty much. They're all part of the Will I Am botnet or whatever that's called. The Andre 3000 botnet. 
uh, the Apple D app. .net. Well, the Apple devices are part of that one. The Fiona guys. Apple there's botnet. so many. The, there's so many botnets. There I are. can't. I can't keep track. I of really them like Honeycrisp's. I think. Yeah, Fuji's where it's at. Yeah. Also, the Fuji's. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Honeycrisp is also a cereal, and I thought you were coming all the way back to Kellogg. I was, mm. I was like, oh. wait, no, you're thinking of Sugar Crisp and Honeycomb. Mm. Honeycrisp isn't a cereal. I don't think so. I don't think it is either. Wow, really? Yeah. So that was just a that's just a sugar comb. I sold my sugar comb to get you this Honeycrisper, <laughs> but it turns out there's. Huh. I mean, maybe your mom used to give you a bowl that was a mixture of honeycomb and sugar crisp and tell you possible. that it was called Honeycrisp. Yeah, like not, not only is it the most delicious apple, you can just leave it out on the counter for however long you want and it'll stay delicious. Huh. It's kind for of amazing. Really however long you want. Okay. Are you honey sure crisp? that's uh, really totally a fucking cereal? I did I've, not just make maybe. this up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess not, but it's it tastes like an apple. So like maybe there are nanomachines in there trying to fool me. Do you guys remember Grapples? Yes. Yeah. That were just apples with like grape Kool-Aid think, injected into them. Grapple? Isn't it a grapple? Uh, I always pronounce it grapple. I don't know if I don't it's know if spelled it's grapple, but I really think it was intended to be. Yeah. I, I taste it. It was like apples with like vague grape yeah, flavoring like in it. Not very convincing. Like candy grape too. Right. Okay. It's, it's Honeycrisp medley, I guess is the cereal. Oh, hmm. which is, which is, perhaps. which is like a New Zealand only. For, perhaps. Yeah. Like, I, <clears throat> Honeycomb was pretty good. Yeah. You know? Well, there's also Honey Smacks. Uh-huh. Right. That was the one with the frog. Right. Gotta have yeah. my Smacks. Yeah. I, I like all the candy cereals were pretty tasty, like, because yeah. they were candy. Yeah, Gold, I guess that's true. Golden I still uh, I still get a, every once in a while, I'll buy a little multi-pack of little cereal boxes and I'll have myself a Frosted Flake sure. of a weekend. Sure. Yeah. sure. Have myself a Fruit Loop, have myself Fruit an Apple, yeah. an, an Apple Jack. Sugar. I, I like the the cereals that have just as much sugar as the candy cereals, but make you feel like an adult. Mm. Like, like uh, I like, forget how you like like the muesli, raisin brand you know, all the, yeah. the sugar coated all all over the raisins for some reason. R- right. Yeah, that's why you get total raisin brand because it's like that, except that it's just like normal ass raisins. Didn't riff? Didn't we learn many times over the course of our friendship that we both really like Total Raisin Bran? I think I think that might be true because I definitely have eaten a lot of Total Raisin Bran in my life, just by like what's, the mugful or fistful. Wait, what's total, total about it? Total amount. Total it's total. Bran. Total is a cereal that's just Bran flakes, yeah. but then Total Raisin Bran was that those flakes plus raisins. What is that okay. garbage gravel cereal that you seem to like? Oh, grape nuts. You mean yeah. the best cereal? Grape, grapele, grapele nuts. Yeah, they, it's, they call it grape. grapple nuts. Ugh. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds like a very tasty. Move. <laughs> Get disqualified, probably, um, or just instantly win every tournament. <laughs> I've been watching a bunch of movies about. Uh, Wait, I want to. I want to hang out on on grape nuts. Okay. What the hell are grape nuts? <laughs> They're, it's like it's like Kevin says. It's like gravel. Yeah. Well, I know that much. Like, are you supposed to eat it? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> okay. It t- it's like it's. I'm like glad we've established things. that our tastes in cereal are so diametrically opposed that we'll never come to any sort what, of what understanding. What kind of cereal do you like? Uh Pretty much everything but grape nuts. <laughs> okay. I like everything except rap flakes and <laughs> country <laughs> checks. <laughs> oh, you uh, mean gingham? Wait, so so it's 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 enjoyable. It's tasty. I think so. They, I also I also like it when things are difficult to eat. You like the crunch? Yeah. 
Zach is a big fan of just uh, putting like a a um, jawbreaker in his mouth and then just immediately biting down until uh. his either the candy or his jaw is broken. There's I, a there's I did a kind break of a tooth <laughs> as a result. Of, I recently had to have the my my jawbreaker tooth. I recently had replaced with a crown, and then I kept eating jawbreakers, and then the tooth next to that one broke. Oh, no. Wow, really? Oh, yeah, no. I think you I've reached the point some... where all of my teeth are falling apart. You need to get time. like so get some get a nutcracker wired in there or something. And get it. Or yeah, just get I'm, some carbon fiber teeth. I'm shocked that you didn't just have it replaced with like a metal fucking tooth. Yeah, with like a spike on it. That'd yeah, be great. <laughs> or just like a socket that I could put a spike in when I wanted to. Or oh, or like yeah. a, you know, like one of those tenderizing hammers. I don't know if that would be as satisfying though. You know, one of those tenderizing hammers you screw into your teeth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, in in like popular culture, you're supposed to screw it onto your like wrist stump, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, just do that. Yeah. How many teeth? 32 times? They, yeah, like that Rocky sequel where he just got a job in the butcher shop just tenderizing the meat that was hanging. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I'm good at. I We recently oh, got, is that, like... Is that, a, is that why you, it's like you have boxing gloves on so you can just hide your, like, iron fist that you've screwed into your wrist stuff? Right, yes. Wow. Well, my understanding is that boxing gloves, like, <clears throat> they do a better job protecting your hands than your head. Sure. So yeah. they actually have made the sport more dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Right. Because you don't. Um, like you don't all the you same with padding. same with football helmets. You don't pull yeah. The punch to to stop from breaking your knuckles. So therefore, a right. Much more force is transmitted to the other dude's brain. Right. Um. You were going to say like four things. Back to no, I was the whole. It was the same thing each time. Okay. <laughs> back to eating horrible things. Yes. Um. We recently got this bag of baked banana chips. That are so incredibly hard that if you shake the bag, it sounds like it's a bag of broken glass. Nice. I mean, I couldn't eat that, but that sounds. I like the sound of the sound it makes. And like, Why they're, they're, they're so hard and because smooth. I, I don't like dehydrated banana chips in the first place, and I just don't. Oh, not I even the the crunch. coconut fried ones. The like the coconut oil fried banana chips. Those are great. What do you feel uh, about like I when they've been those. placed into a picture window? <laughs> just like a st- stained stained banana glass. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 down with that. My only objection is so long as I don't have to eat it. What if you made stained glass windows out of rock candy for your gingerbread cathedral? Oh, that'd be that great. seems like it'd be really good. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, the the windows, the like quote stained glass windows in St. Peter's Basilica are actually like marble, just cut so thin that they're translucent. Whoa, nice. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Was that before they invented stained glass? I don't think so i think it's just that much more opulent yeah mm. just sort of a hold my beer and watch this <laughs> <laughs> we just had to build we bought a thousand of these so that one of them would turn out right yeah well thanks catholics fathlics <laughs> uh i uh i went to i accidentally went to a bar trivia last night and then accidentally I, yeah, I just was going to this bar, and then it turned out to be bar trivia starting, and so okay. I texted Amelia to see if she wanted to come and play bar trivia, and then she did, and then we, like, we won. Like, first we, place? Yeah, well, we tied for first place, okay. and then we had tied for first place in three of the four rounds of the, the trivia game, and there were they he would come up and give a tiebreaker, which was just like... Here's a question about some statistic about one of the other questions. Each team guess a number and whoever's number is closer wins. And we kept winning those. But at the end, the very last tiebreaker one, we, it was 
there was a question earlier in the round that was like when Rome split into two different regions, mm-hmm. Rome was the capital of the Western one. What was the capital of the Eastern one? Istanbul. Yes, I didn't know that. Okay. And if Amelia had gotten there at that point, we would have handily won because she would have gotten all of the geography questions that I missed in the first round. Um, but uh, so then the tiebreaker for the whole round, the whole game was what year did that happen? And Ooh. both teams guessed the same year. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just 500 BC was our was both of our guesses. And I have no idea when. The, the, the Roman Empire? Splitting into... Rome and and uh, it's like it's AD and Constantinople. That's what I thought, but that's almost almost definitely AD. That is what I thought, but Amelia thought not, and so we just guessed 500 BC. I would have said 313 AD. (laughs) Well, I'm curious. I didn't look it up, but we won. So we kept winning like every round. The winner got a round of drinks for free, which was fucking (laughs) crazy. And then our prize was a bottle of rum. Wow! Which I didn't. Wow! They just gave they gave each team a just a full unopened bottle of rum. And I like like we're never gonna drink that. Neither of us drinks rum, but she wouldn't let me give it to a homeless person on the way home. (laughs) Four seventy six AD. Gosh, well everybody was wrong. Um. Anyway, so that was that was fun. It, the music round, it was like d- exactly down the middle. She got all of the questions right that were post year two thousand, and I got all of the questions right that were pre year two thousand. Nice. Um, uh, and there was one that was like the first lines of books, which she just swept, um, and it was good. That's cool. I never win bar trivia. Oh, I'm it terrible was, at it. It was interesting to just win every round and then win the game because that never happens. They were a team of five and we were a team of two. That's awesome. It's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Some dudes at the bar accused us of cheating and we said, shut up dudes. And they were like, well, we didn't mean it. I'm like, oh, well, neither did I. You're not a dude. Yeah. You should still shut up. You should turn around. <laughs> um, Anyway, that's what I did. I also watched uh, the uh, finished up with Westworld. Yeah, and that's pretty good. Oh yeah, is it? I mean, it'd clearly, be spoiling if we talked about it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't but seen it yet. So it's you should watch it, Riff, so that we can talk about it. Yeah, okay. give our listeners a couple of weeks uh, to. What I really want to see is it. Adam Westworld. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. We could do a spoiler cast. We've never done that about anything. But the Crate and Crowbar guys recently did one about Dishonored 2, okay. uh, which I have not listened to because I haven't finished playing Dishonored 2 yet. But uh, I'll talk about Dishonored 2 once we start talking about video games. You guys have anything else going on? I've just been watching a lot of movies, trying to... Uh... Trying to escape the world. Yeah, that. But yeah, but then Aren't I end you? up watching these movies that like are about the president. And then I just think about how horrible this situation would have been if the current uh, president-elect was in charge. Yeah, like, yeah, like, we'd never be able to Trump would Trump would never be able to 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 not Clear and Present Danger, but the... The Hunt for October? No, not that one either. Patriot Games? Nope. You guys have totally gone Spy games? utterly static nope. on me. Uh-oh. Okay, so that probably means that our recording has. Okay, uh, so stopped. Riff, do not stop your recording. We will... Okay. I am going to stop mine. Yeah, Riff, uh, Kevin's going to stop his. You don't... <laughs> <clears throat> I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
<laughs> so you've been watching movies like cl- yeah. not clear and present danger, nope. not Patriot games, Correct. not the hunt for red October, Correct. not it's a Tom Clancy movie, rainbow six mm. siege. That's a video game. Rainbow six Vegas. Um, leaving Las Vegas. Rainbow five. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Rainbow five was the movie that it was a sequel to. It was, it was like the, the Jack Ryan origin story. With Ben Affleck. With Ben Affleck, yeah. He was he was the early the Did young. Did you just Jack say Ryan. Ben Affleck? I think that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh crap, what is the name of that fucking movie? In the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. <laughs> anyway. Starring Matthew Lillard. Uh everything is just garbage. The world is over. Is Harrison Ford the president? Uh no. Okay. Yeah. How far down the line of succession is Harrison Ford? <laughs> <laughs> Before or after question. King Ralph. Man, I would I would like John Goodman as our president. <laughs> how how weird would it have been, but maybe more comforting if if uh, Trump had just promoted or like appointed um, everyone from Hollywood to the various cabinet posts, hmm. right? Like people that had played those roles oh. <laughs> in movie or movies hmm. or TV. I see. Instead of just picking the people who hated that particular department the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, let's keep politics out of video I'm sorry. Games. It's just, I, every day I just feel worse. Yeah. Stop reading the news, man. I, I have, I've stopped reading Twitter. I, nah, that's not what I meant. But I, I Twitter's mean, I, not news. Yeah. I also have stopped, just I stopped edit, looking at Facebook. Edit, I've stopped. Edit Twitter down until you're not seeing news on it is what. Just watch. I, I've just been going to mastodon.social. What's, What's that? that? <laughs> it's like Twitter, except as far as I can tell, it's only the trans and furry game devs and nobody ever talks about Trump. So like just the good parts is what I'm saying. Okay. A tale told by an idiot full of trans and furries <laughs> signifying nothing. That's what <laughs> Mastodon done so shy. Yeah. Um, I'm following few enough people there that I can remember why I followed all of them. So, like, maybe that's also, you know, maybe that's part of it. But, like, I've been uh, I've been doing mostly that instead of Twitter, and it's great. Huh. But how do you know what, like, I don't know, Weird Al Yankovic thinks about things? <laughs> uh, I can just watch UHF again. Oh, okay. Yeah, that probably all still holds. The, the like, was- Weird Asian racism. Sure. Just casual Asian racism. <laughs> Supplies. Yeah. At this point, my Twitter is almost entirely people who draw f- Pokemon fan art and drill. So. Mm-hmm. I just follow Gary Butterfield like 400 times. That's probably the smart move. <laughs> well, except he's always talking politics. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but you, you make an exception for a Gary Butterfield. Old G-butts. Yeah, that's right. Scary murder field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played a bunch of Dishonored 2. Gory Battlefield was really good. Um, I played it, I pl- I'm like two thirds of the way through Dishonored 2. How do you know? And I looked up how many missions there were today because I wanted to know the answer to that question. I wanted to know how much of it I had left because I was hoping it was more. Oh. You know, I realized I was because I'm not like. It's a lot of fun, and I'm not eager to be out of it to do. Although I am, it seems like among the people that I listen to on podcasts talking about this, that it actually sustains multiple playthroughs way better than the first one did huh. because it has two potential playable characters. 
And I Tom Francis played through it at least twice, right? Yeah. Uh and I am I'm playing as Corvo, the character from the first game, the first time because I wanted to do that the like good guy way and have that be my like canonical version of the story and then play killing everything as the as Emily Caldwin the other character. And it seems like her tools are novel and will be more fun to mess with if people are allowed to die. And it, I'd forgotten though, even playing on easy, how hard it is in the beginning to get through levels without killing anyone. And I think it's harder in Dishonored 2 because the systems are, are the thing I keep hearing people talk about in various podcasts is that if you leave someone unconscious, rats will sometimes just eat them. Yeah, I heard about that. I haven't had that happen to me. But what I do often have happen is if I get more than one person aggroed on me at once, I'll be choking out one guy and his buddy will just shoot him trying to shoot me, huh, which that happens make, that makes sense. pretty consistently. And I'm like, well, do you restart at that point? Yeah, I usually reload. Although, oh, I, I mean, I eventually just instant? like. Yeah, oh, I eventually because it's like if anybody dies, like it, you don't have to kill them. I mean, like You've I wasn't trying to get a perfect run, right? I wasn't trying to get a playthrough. And there was one mission where I was just like, all right, fuck this. These guys are just all going to die because they're too good at their jobs. Like their <laughs> patrol patterns are such that I can't. I And I remembered like playing Dishonored 1. I really really leaned on the time stop ability and i just hadn't i'd only been going for passive upgrades and upgrades to to blink which is your like little short range teleport ability that makes dishonored cool and so i didn't really have i just hadn't chosen any tools for a non-lethal playthrough except sleep darts which you can only carry fucking five of because it's artificial scarcity and i guess you know that makes it a game and (laughs) not just a sleep dart shooting gallery um, but I, I put a bunch of points into the possession skill, which I had never really messed with in the first game. And it's fucking great. Like, not only is, is it a mobility upgrade because you can possess a rat and then crawl through tiny tunnels that are oh, set up. Neat. Like the level is threaded with little tunnels that are through these gratings that you possess a rat and go into. I think you can maybe possess what to your body. If you fish, it's, uh, you, your body disappears when you possess something else and then you reappear where the thing is. Whoa. Do you, so that means you kill the thing. That's nope, some it's major magical power. Yeah. Um, and if you upgrade it all the way and you can possess a person, you can just possess a guard, walk as them into an alley, and then when you jump out of them, you're behind them and they sort of bend over dizzy and then you just choke them out and then you just leave a little pile of guards in that alley and mm-hmm. it kind of trivializes it. <laughs> I mean, like there's mana as a resource, but... Does that come back over time or do you have to like, refill it? <clears throat> potions and stuff? I You can get – the way that I do it is you can get bone charms that let you re- recover mana by uh, killing blood flies, which are like an environmental hazard. Uh, and you can get – you can also have a rune that uh, – a bone charm rather that makes it so your powers sometimes don't consume mana when you use them. And – so there's, they've also introduced this bone charm crafting system, which is kind of interesting. The, I liked the way that that system worked in the same way that I liked the way that the gear in Bioshock Infinite worked, because it's like, here's a bunch of like RPG stat shit that you can do to your character without actually having to pay attention to it. Like there's just a bunch of minor passive bonuses that you can get and you can kind of pick from a little menu of which ones you have. And the crafting system in this gives you a lot more control over that. Like you, 
destroy a bone charm and then you learn that trait that it gives you. And then you can build another bone charm that has that trait and another trait and another trait and maybe four. You can get, you can build them with four traits on them. And if you spec for that, there's often no downside. Like sometimes when you, the more you put on there, the more of a chance there is of it also having like a curse on it, which is like you run slightly slower with your weapons sheathed or whatever. Um, and there's another one that lets you stack any of those bonuses four times. But in practice, what that means is that all of those bonuses are so piddling that you could have four of them without it really seriously affecting the game. And so it means they basically don't do anything. And that's kind hmm. of dissatisfying. There are bone charms that you find out in the world that are like black bone charms that are significant, like game changing abilities like this thing. Yeah, you don't know. If you blink within... 10 seconds of killing someone it doesn't cost mana like just weird rule variations like that instead of just like you know your sprint speed is 0.1% faster or whatever um but you can't learn those traits like you can't destroy those those bone charms and get the traits you just get raw materials from them and then you find cursed ones in the world and the cursed ones have a downside and more interesting upsides but you can't learn the more interesting upsides either so it's like this weirdly hemmed in yeah and, and I, I mean, it's still, I'm still enjoying it, but I think that when I play through it again, I'm just not going to go for bone charms at all because they just don't really make much of a difference. And I don't remember if that was like that in the first game or not. They're fun to search for. Like it's fun to like completely clean out every level because you have to figure out how to get into places and render spaces safe so that you can figure out where the fucking door is to the rune that you know is in here um although i found one today that you can only get by robbing a store and i didn't want to do that so does that impact your character somehow no i just didn't want to do it yeah talking about finding and then never using bone charms i i, I feel like i interact like with collectibles like that a lot in games where when i played rogue legacy um I would just be happy every time I found a new diary page that I would never read. Mm -hmm. You didn't even bother reading them? Yeah. It's not interesting to me. Um, I actually actually have this problem with games where, like, if a game presents any sort of story content as text, like, more than a couple of sentences, I just, my my reflex is to just close it immediately and not, I just can't do it. Did you read the content in The Last of Us? No. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen you do it in early West of Loathing playtests. Yeah. And it's just like I, I have yep, this. This is reflex to. It's this pathology. where it's, it's it's like it's a loading screen. Like it's like, oh, this thing says NVIDIA the way it's meant to be played. So I'm just going to hammer on both mouse buttons, escape <laughs> and space until it either goes away on its own or one of those things makes it go away. Yeah. But that's I, how you feel about any text. Yeah. Like. Wow. Yeah, no, it's it's not. I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a problem. But it, it like it came out of just like games that just have no respect for the player's time, you know. I mean, and you will just play interactive fiction, right? I yes, and like that's how I just. It's so hard when you don't read anything. Though. Yeah, it's uh, you got to work at it. I, uh, but I'm in a different mind state at that point. Like, and also I'm I'm very cognizant that like my own games are incredibly writing heavy. Like, I wonder whether I would be able to play them if somebody else made them. 
you think it's important? What? what that to be able to play the game you made? Yeah. I would argue that it's less important for you to be able to play it than it is for literally anyone else on earth to be able to play it. Cause yeah, like, it, it, I mean, except in that it makes you to the extent that it makes you feel like a hypocrite. Yeah. But I mean, you don't think that people who like your game are like, you're tricking them somehow. No. It's like, I'm giving you all this text that I know it's garbage. Like, you know, it's not garbage. <laughs> well, and, and like, okay I, it to them. I also try to make all the text worthwhile. Like, I, this, I, I, I earned this reflex by playing like JRPGs where, uh, appa- the apparent value was voluminousness over all else. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Uh, amount of text being valued in the same so way that the people. Same word repeated a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I wouldn't feel guilty about skipping. Um, I, I just mean like how. Uh, this RPG is a hundred hours long in part because every conversation is three times as okay. long as it needed to be. Fair enough. Um, so like, did you play Skyrim at all? Yeah. And the, uh, those books are generally not uh, worth reading. Well, you could open them and get a skill point sometimes. Yeah. And I did right. that. But there were like, there were a lot of just books that were like four or five pages long. Yeah. And didn't read those. A couple of them had some kind of interesting lore, but most of them were just not very good. Like Wasn't it even like- I st- Stopped reading those. I heard yeah. somewhere, wasn't it like one or two guys wrote all of those over a long weekend or over something? Over a weekend. I, yeah. I heard the same thing, but I don't know how. It was in it was in an in, in, in interview. So okay. If, yeah. If, if, assuming that they were telling the truth, that that is the story. I mean, that doesn't seem completely out of line, right? I mean, they, I'm sure they've got some internal lore wiki that sure makes that yep. easy. The lusty Argonian maid. Do you think that it's a maid as in like a housekeeper? It, the story probably tells this if I read it. Or a, or a, like a museum or, or, of like old video games? Uh, no, I was going to say, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yes, and. Is is maid, is that short for maiden or is? Yeah. Yeah. Like old maid. Old maiden. Old maiden. Yeah. Oh, it never occurred to me that that's where that came from. Yeah, it's not about a cleaner. It's about an unmarried, an unmarried well, I, old I, woman. I, I, right. I knew, I knew that. I just hadn't. I, I don't think I'd, I'd connected maid to maiden. Right. It's like you know, if you're Russian, you're an Iron Maiden. <laughs> you're behind the Iron Maiden. You're behind the Iron Maiden. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So that's a good game. I think it's a good game. Yeah. I'm excited to. I'm excited to. Be able to listen to the Crate and Crowbar spoiler cast about it uh, after beating it, and then I'm excited to play the murder everyone with new I, I crazy feel like tentacle powers. A lot of the time, I'm I mostly want to play a game so that I can be part of the discussion about the game. Yeah, hmm. like there were definitely some Dark Souls chapters that I was more interested in listening to the bonfire side chat about than I was in the uh, the zone itself. Um, when we were kids, did you ever feel that way? Like, or, or was, or no games were all about games that you couldn't just immediately apprehend and beat on your own were all about getting anything you could, figuring anything out you could, and then going to school the next day and being like, here's what I figured out and sharing that information. Right. Like Also the information density was so low that it would never occur to you to not want 
spoilers about a thing, right? Because, I mean, if you were he, hearing he, about a movie in the schoolyard, fuck knew if you were ever going to see that movie yeah. or how many years it would be until you yeah, saw yeah, it. So like, it wasn't like, sure. I don't know, don't tell me. I'm definitely going to Netflix this 30 years from now. Right. right. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the concept of spoilers wasn't really like just the – like the idea of the, that cultures where death is very common would never even consider suicide – Huh. Like, is that true? That's something that I have read about like people, the people who still live like the human humans lived in their ancestral environment. Like they, they laugh at the idea of suicide because like, you, you just, could if just, you just wait long enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I, like I, any I, less true for them. than I remember um, sitting with friends and just like, we would just take turns recounting the plots to movies that no one else had seen. Like was, was this, like this was like grade school just flouting oh okay this was this wasn't like in college flouting the idea of spoilers no it was it was before the no- yeah. before i had ever heard the notion of a spoiler it was like and Back- i i still remember some movies like i will now yeah. occasionally see a movie and be like why do i know the story of this yeah mm. like a thousand years ago you called that storytelling yeah you recount stories you've heard and like the idea that you wouldn't want to hear a story because there's this better, like, version of the, the canonical better version of the story to, that you could see is, uh, yeah. There was a kid in band who had beaten Space Quest. And so whenever I would get stuck at a new point in Space Quest, I'd be excited to go to band the next time and ask yeah. him how to get past it. And he would, would be like, leave me alone, nerd. <laughs> I'm like, you're the one that beat Space Quest. We're both in band yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah whereas nowadays like i would feel bad about asking somebody who knew the solution i would want to like ask somebody who was working on it simultaneously with me well because there are enough of those people and you know how to get a hold of them right yeah which is just a a facet of our modern age that's also why you see every trump tweet (laughs) is uh is the is the joy like still having the like personal realization preserved by talking to somebody who doesn't know the answer yeah you're solving it together instead of one person just telling the other how it is what if the person who knows how it works just hints well that works yeah what if they just lie about not knowing it they would have to be along and convince you of things they would have to well presumably then like the act of pretending like you're solving it alongside you um if that's convincing, yeah, that's but fine. But inserting like sabotaging falsehoods. Okay, that's <laughs> right. Like I, l- I, jump off here. <laughs> let's try jumping. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds great. That sounds like a, a gaming experience I definitely want. <laughs> Kevin and I both played a bunch of Swap Sword. Yeah, it's the new Alec Thompson uh, Diego Garcia jam. Alec Thompson of Beglitched. And stare multi bowl and multi bowl and probably a handful of other things. They're they're all the NYU crowd, right? So him and Bennett Foddy and Jenny and Diego all make games together. It sounds like. How do you pronounce Jenny's last name? I don't know. Is it Poladno or Polodno? It's H S I A O. Yeah, I, I I would probably get it wrong, so I'm probably just or H S I A and then another word. Yeah. It's yeah. the worst. Anyway, she was the she did the art and writing, and some of the design on Big Glitch, right? Yeah, that was. Diego did the art for 
swap sword and heads up hot dog and heads up hot dog yeah our our <laughs> uh our mascot game <laughs> swap sword is an is a brutally difficult score attack match three game yeah with a couple of interesting sort of uh variants you you have a character that you control on the board and one of the one of your valid moves is always to just move your character and swap it with another piece and sometimes that's an attack sometimes that's a collect sometimes that's just literally a swap that doesn't have to create a new uh three in a row uh which provides a ton of of variable opportunity there are enemies that also move around on the the match three board um yeah if you get three of them in a row of the same color they will disappear uh, if you you can attack them and they will die but if you end up on if you end up adjacent to one when it's time for it to move it will attack you and you have like two hit points um and you can get one shield (laughs) but and then you, you get upgrades after each level and some of the upgrades are like about getting points and some of them are about like adjusting the board and some of them are about increasing your capacity um but it is just like try to get the highest score and you'll maybe like last a few levels it's there's a ghost effectively that shows up after a fixed number of turns that will just one shot you if it like reaches Baron you. von Blubber. I have uh, so I, I tried to make a little sort of impenetrable wall to see what would happen if death showed up and death can just destroy walls mm. uh, and then uh, I have figured out that you can stun death which makes me think that maybe you can also kill death but I'm I'm not sure yet I have not I'm not uh i've not yet done so i'm curious what happens if you do um it's a good game though. it's fun and yeah. it's also like a game that you just buy on ios which That's i always true. like i think it's like three bucks yeah i've continued to play a bunch of that game with such a nothing name that i don't actually remember the name of it mini min min yeah is that it Something. It's yeah, M I N exclamation point. Still no way to give them any fucking money. I mean, I guess I'm giving them money by having ads pop up. It's a good block matching game, though. Is it? I mean, it's a good way to waste time on the subway. You know, is this, this is the one where like you're sort of flinging blocks towards the top of the screen. It's like Tetris in reverse. Yeah, but you're yeah matching you're, colors. Yeah, matching colors, but you're dropping like configurations of three by three blocks, and they sometimes have multiple. Colors yeah, it'll to like them. once you match this, it will turn into another block of a of a new color. Okay. Swap sword has a lot of randomness built into it in the way that spawns come in from the top of the screen. Yeah. Sometimes you will set up chain reactions that just like here's a bunch of dynamite and you're dead. Oh, have you ever killed yourself? You've killed no, yourself that, they might actually stop that from happening, but I've definitely like accidentally blown up the door by. Oh, oh, because then, then it will just a new one. Yeah, it's brought if you. So you start out having to match keys, and then when you match enough keys, a door the spawns. remaining keys turn into things that you can collect for or match for points, and a door spawns, and the, you have to get the door to where you are. It's very difficult to move up as your character because you will often destroy the thing that you're moving up into, and then you'll just fall back down to where you were. Um. But there's like abilities that let you teleport up and it's pretty good. Is, is match three where there's an avatar on the play field. Is that now like a, a genre? Can you think of another one? Yeah, it was a game. Ron Gilbert made scurvy scallywags. I think. Oh yeah. 
or like you were a pirate dude or lady. And I remember bouncing off of that really hard, but I don't remember why. I think it just did something that offended my sensibilities. I think it was it was probably be- like I, when I played it, it wouldn't let you listen to podcasts. Oh, there you go. Yep. <laughs> That's the number one reason for to stop playing video games. Well, especially a game like that. Yeah. Right. A game where there's no, there's no, there's no content, uh, right? A game that's just, just mechanics. Yep. There's a, the the podcast, um, I use podcast addict on addict on Android and it has this feature that says like experimental on it that tells it to ignore requests to stop playing. (laughs) Which I have checked, which is great. Which you you said, you said ignore requests like, from playing, that. even from you. Yeah. Cancel that order. You told me you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but but it means that, like, all those asshole apps that, like, oh, we're going to stop the other, other audio, even if the user has turned off music in our game. Is that you know? why you come to record podcasts with us? Because this is the only reprieve you get from listening to other podcasts. It's like, <laughs> I guess I'm going to stop playing now because you are technically listening to another podcast. I could just encase my, <laughs> I could and just encase my uh, phone in concrete. Well, that's or just like put it in a bowl of water and freeze it. Yeah. <laughs> that would fix it. <laughs> yeah. Like people do their credit cards. Problem yeah. solved. Wait, that's a thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weiss. To get you to stop using your credit card, yeah, like to prevent impulse about using use of credit cards. But it's, it's like, still you know, there if you need it. It's still there if your mom breaks her dog. <laughs> you just have to wait for the ice to melt. Exactly. Yeah, or chip okay. it out, or something. which you won't do for like a pizza, but you will do for if your mom's dog is. You have broken. to do it in thick enough ice that right. you can't read the number. <laughs> right. So, so you can't impulse buy your handcuff keys. You can't use. You can't use like a clear ice. Like a boutique ice right. machine for a fancy cocktail bar. Exactly. Right. Because you'll be able to read it through an infinite amount of that ice because it just acts like a fiber optic. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a transatlantic ice cube <laughs> that yes. you can just look through at people's credit cards in France. I think, I think light still, even in fiber optics, light still falls off as distance squared. So, no, I believe you. Okay. How, how could it? Is there just way more light at the beginning than there needs to be in well, order to transmit the signal? The I don't think the tubes are a hundred percent reflective. It's like it's like a mirror, right? Like, so it just all comes out green at the end. I guess that's true. a mirror. A mirror is like what ninety nine percent reflective. Dude, I don't know. So, so does it reflect them left and right, but not up 96%. and down? percent. Like, what happens if you're, you know, what if you're in a circular mirror? Uh-huh. What if you're in like a tube of mirrors? I remember in college, I had to work with some first surface mirrors because we needed very precise uh, laser alignment. What's the etymology of that? Well, mirrors so, without glass in front of them. Yeah, normally oh, mirrors have, yeah. Like, have like have like a glass, and then the surface behind is where the so it's right. being reflective, and then it comes back through. And so first surface is literally the the very front of the thing that you're looking at. This was when I was doing Schlieren photography, mm-hmm. which is uh, you can record like the like heat rising off of stuff because you're what you're doing is capturing the diffraction of 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 air um as a visual phenomenon it's pretty cool actually <laughs> i recently looked up how those rear view mirrors with switches on them work oh yeah it's just reflecting off the glass instead of the mirror yeah well it, they it's always reflecting twice it's just that it's like a prism in one in one um configuration yeah, it's a, it's a wedge. In one configuration, it's reflecting what's coming in the rear window of the car and the ceiling of the car. Right. 
And the other configuration is reflecting what's coming in the rear window of the car and the back seat. Um, and in it, the, the switch basically allows you to determine whether the front of the glass or the more reflective back of the glass is reflecting what's coming in the rear. rear yeah, so rear, that at night you window. can just use the glass so that the reflection is not unpleasant. Yeah. And this bright. was apparently invented in like the twenties, hmm. which is, that makes sense. That's like, that's not high tech. I don't remember if my car has that. It must. I think it's my pretty old standard. Car did. I don't know if my yeah. current one does. But I don't remember it. And well, it seems like it would be Your back window is so dark. That that's true. My back window is super darkly tinted. So, yeah, mm. I wouldn't ever need it. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah. But, you know, it's just a switch that adjusts the angle of the mirror very slightly. Mm-hmm. There, there's probably a stupid electric version of that in my car that is broken by now. <laughs> yeah. I just can't adjust my mirror anymore on the left side of the car. Because the switch just isn't hooked up to anything uh, anymore, and can you do it by hand? Yeah, but it's really hard, and you don't get very fine granularity because you're just grinding the gears of the, <laughs> the electronic adjuster. That's rough. Grinding the gears of the electronic adjuster by Harry Harrison, <laughs> a cyberpunk cautionary tale. Uh, I think I met Harlan Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> I think Harry Harrison might also work. Yeah, he did. I remember a cyberpunk, like a comedy cyberpunk book by Harry Harrison from the 90s that involved somebody sitting in this special chair with a hole in the bottom of it and jacking into cyberspace via a suppositrode. (laughs) That makes sense. Which was pretty funny. Anyway. That's not where I was imagining that story going. Uh so I played a game called uh, called Hungover, uh, which was it's a puzzle script game, uh, but it was an RPG. Hmm. It was really fucking cool. Uh, it was a little puzzly. It had um, it was relatively short, um, but it it basically made me think of like okay, I could totally use puzzle script to make like a weird little Ultima style game oh, yeah. if I wanted you can to. Can do lots of weird stuff with puzzle script. Yeah. Cuz can you do just like independent state tracking of a bunch of different variables and have like HUD for them? I don't know about HUD. Not not easily built in. You'd have to do some weird stuff for that, but um just having a little character that navigates around a big world and has like yeah. I, I remember seeing I think stuff. I think Anna Anthropy made like a haunted house game in Puzzle uh-huh. Script. Okay, which I thought was neat. This one has two endings that are disappointingly the same, but they are clearly meant to, like they are clearly possible to have two very distinct endings. Um, but it was very satisfying to to get both of them. Just as terms of solving solving a puzzle, I should put a link in the show notes because that seems like it might be kind of hard to Google. Potentially, I can. I I think I have a link to it. Maybe instead of it being written in puzzle script, they should have written it in R or processing. Right. The, the two most difficult to Google programming languages. It's by uh, Brogan Hackett. Brogan Hackett. Yeah. What really pissed me off about go is that it was actually invented by google Hmm. the most impossible programming language to google i mean i guess r isn't any harder to google than c or which nobody complains about that yeah well c was invented before google so there's that so so it went c google 
see Google Go, <laughs> go Google Go. Right. I, I think the, the the official like Google word people use is Go Lang. Mm, like Erlang. Yes. <laughs> the, the hidden character in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, nothing new. I've played a bunch of other games that I have been playing forever. Fucking Hearthstone, man. So good. Yeah. I know you guys love it when we talk about Hearthstone, but here's, here's five minutes of good Hearthstone. Here's one minute of good Hearthstone. It's, we're in the, the days following the release of a new expansion when you can just have fun playing around with random new decks that Blizzard is trying to shake the meta up with and shit you make up on your own because the meta hasn't resolidified. And so it's a real, it's a real wild west. There's a, there's some really cool priest decks out there, but I don't have nearly enough cards to play them. Yeah. I was looking at that. I almost, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna buy another $50 worth of cards because yeah, because then that'll just give me like doing that. Basically, like if you spend a hundred bucks in expansion, you basically just get every card because you get enough dust to craft whatever legendaries you don't and if you're also playing and getting the cards that you would normally get like i effectively have every card pre pre-expansion pre pre this expansion yeah i think i counted i, I think i'm missing like 30 legendaries yeah. in the standard set so i the only legendaries i don't have are ones that i just don't care about at all oh wow um so it's but I, there's a couple more that i need to craft to to effectively play there's a lot more cards that reward the if you're your deck only having one copy of any given card, which is Reno's only good for another month, right? Like he's only good till the end of December, right? So yeah, there was, there's so far, there was only one card that did that. And he was a guy that if you don't have any duplicate cards in your deck, fully heal your character. So it was just like a reset button, but it required your deck to be kind of unreliable. Hmm. And now there's like six. Yeah. There's a bunch of cards cards that do do that. I can only think of four. Okay. Maybe there's only four. But there's but there are a, a number of new cards. That and one of them is a mage card, and one of them is a priest card. I think so. One of them is a warlock card. Oh, okay. I think so. Maybe there's more than that, but not you can't have that many in one deck. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. one that lets you make a custom spell, which oh, is yeah. that really cool. A neutral card. That one's really neat. Um, you just get to kind of make a card by like you're mixing potion ingredients is how it works. You get a selection of things like a, a selection of several choices that you can make about this potion. And then you just get a crazy powerful card. I'm imagining like a, a, like a trauma center or cooking mama style mini game where like you pour out the potion onto a table <laughs> mm-hmm. and you flatten it with an, uh, with, a, with an iron mm-hmm. and then you cut it out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's how it works. It's like a cookie cutter. I might play it just for that. Make a snowman potion. Yeah. <laughs> it's a snowman shaped puddle of liquid. Oh, <laughs> that's it's like baby shoes never worn <laughs> for sale. Snowman shaped puddle of liquid. <laughs> Actually, snowman shaped puddle of liquid is the same length as for sale. Baby shoes never worn. No, it's one word shorter yeah, and you, just as tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Hemingway's ghost. The, they oh, wait, he didn't get to be a ghost because he killed himself. He could have just said, dead baby, period. <laughs> dead baby, uh, never worn. I, uh, I finished Last of Us. Huh, really? Yeah. It That is a dark fucking video game. It is. It super I, is. I don't, I like, I, I had only an inkling of what you meant by him being a sociopath. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think one of our listeners corrected corrected us and said that because they have empathy towards at least some people, they can't be. So I saw that them. and I wanted to respond to it. And now I have this fantastic venue right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can love without empathy. Ooh. Like the way that sociopaths love is a very possessive kind of like, I, you know, I love this thing to its own detriment, like in regardless of whether it loves back or whether it, uh, you know, wants to get as far away from me as possible. Hmm. Um, and I think like, uh, Joel's decision there, like to defy what Ellie wants. Right. Is a good example of that. Did you see the trailer for Lost of Us 2? I just heard that there was one. It's really like I'm – I feel like the, the first game is so singular. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's so complete that I don't know what they could do is with a sequel. Like is it the same characters? It is. the So there, there's like one standout line from the trailer. It's, it's mostly Ellie playing guitar in the trailer, which is cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that. Like, that sort of follows on from the first game. Um it it's her saying i'm going to go and kill every last one of them and okay. you don't know what that's in reference to but the implication potentially being that she's going to go and because she's uh, immune she's going to kill all the, hmm. the that the could infected. potentially be an extremely different game <laughs> right exactly that's like i have no idea like you know it's it's great because it it you know invites a bunch of speculation but it's yeah. it's it's yeah. super curious Oh. Yeah, that could be good. Um, the I feel like that game. So the the first season or whatever, it tends, ends up being like more like half of the game, which is why like I had I had basically okay. finished that and not realized. Then I was like, oh man, there's no way I'm gonna be able to ever finish this game. But I kept playing, and then like, uh, fall was way shorter, and there were a lot like after that first season, after summer, I guess the the first chunk of content that was contiguous uh the seams in the game started showing a lot more like the world design got a lot sparser and i I like i had you know because i this is the way i play games where i kept running up against all the walls trying to find holes and stuff like that i had i had not found any in the game at all and then i started finding a bunch holes in the sense of i could walk like i like i started seeing uh like billboarded sprites from the side which i had never seen before i started like being able to like get behind like yeah, stuff that that's, not supposed to be able to, that's interesting. To like you think of, of or I think of Naughty Dog as being like a very, like the, with the games they produce are extremely polished. Yes. And yeah. that like, it sounds like that the second half of the game was a little bit rushed in that. That's, respect. that is what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Which is weird because like, I just read an article about how like, uh, it was talking about dialogue create writing for video games and how they tend to try to start with the middle of the game and work outward from there because uh, you want the beginning of the game to be the most polished. So you want to like do that later, um, which is interesting because I feel like while we're making a video game, the beginning of the game gets a lot more polished because we keep playing it over and over again yeah. and demoing it and getting way more feedback yeah. from people on it than from anything else. But I guess our tools have also progressed since we made the beginning, so... Not a ton. Our tools are pretty... I mean, we pretty much knew what kind of game we were making to begin with, and our, we knew what kind of tools we wanted, and they were mm. done before we started working on the game. That's true. Like, there have just been refinements, you know? That's true. We've also had a longer development process than 
a game like this would normally have probably yeah that's true i mean we have the luxury of well, we have both the, the sort of curse and the blessing of having another game that we have to be working on in the meantime, but also mm-hmm. that game being the thing that provides our funding. Right. Um, yep. Yeah, I've I've heard from two two separate places. I I've heard like that it's a really bad idea to make your first level first because you have the least amount of level design experience at that point. And it's a really bad idea to make your last level last because you're probably going to rush it and it needs to be a good ending. (laughs) So starting in the middle seems like a good idea. Yeah. Amelia was talking about this book that she read about uh, like plotting of horror novels Mm -hmm. and it suggesting that you write the whole thing. And then after it's done, you write the prologue Mm -hmm. where you sort of like so that you can kind of introduce the tension and foreshadow the villain when you know what the villain is for sure. Yeah. I imagine like people's processes are different. I always enjoyed like, uh, Stephen King writes a lot about writing and uh, like his processes. Apparently you just, just start with a premise and then you just start writing and you see where it goes and then you do things more deliberately on a rewrite. Yeah. What uh what book was that you were talking about, Zach? Uh, I don't know. I'll ask her okay, and yeah, find out. Throw it in the show notes. I'd be interested to see that. I also think uh, it's you. The idea of um a, a traditional story being like the idea that you the things go to shit and then the protagonist fixes them, being like one kind of story, and then things go to shit and then the story ends being. A horror story, basically. <laughs> have you read Save the Cat? I have not. It's it's good. It's absolutely worth reading. That's the like script writing. Yeah, it's a screenwriting Bible. screenwriting book. Yeah, um, that sounds interesting. It's very Hollywoody, but it's it's worth reading. Something bad has to happen to Batman at some point. <laughs> That's what you learn from that. You just always need the the shot where. The guy's landing on the three-point landing like Batman, so you can put it in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Does it talk about meat cutes? I don't remember. I hate that phrase. Yeah, because it yeah. sounds like M-E-A-T. <laughs> or cute. Mm, it didn't, it's, just, it's just like... So you're playing a game about that riff. <laughs> Did you hear when we were, when we were having uh, dinner at the restaurant, they played that song that contains the phrase let's marvin gay and get it on huh. which this was a song this was like a top 40 song from maybe like a year and a half ago like i remember hearing it in a lot of ubers because that's the only place that i hear any new music um but it's about you know wanting to have sex i guess but there's also it, it one of the first verses has the line we've got this king size to ourself don't have to share with no one else as though the problem that they usually have that prevents them from having sex is that they're sleeping in the same bed, but there are also a bunch of other people there. Well, I and I don't know eventually. if it's supposed to be from the perspective of teens. Yeah. Like, but just using Marvin Gaye as a verb is so upsetting to me. Yeah, that's that's wrong. Fits the meter, I guess, you know, but... Like, like, let's put on a Marvin Gaye album and then listen to it while we fuck. <laughs> but I don't think that's what he means. <laughs> you know, 
Have you played anything, Jim? Uh, I played a game called Overcooked. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's like that multiplayer space teamy kind of thing. It's I've a, heard it described a, as space teamy. It's, it is space teamy. There's a lot of, um, it's a lot more, um, you make a space teamy. <laughs> it's a lot more mechanical, uh, systems driven than space team. Uh, but there it is, is similar. It's kind of diner dashy. Yeah. It's similar in that Iron you are chef. like in that you need to coordinate your team. And that's what the game is about. Like it, it the systems are really simple. So you are, you are running around this kitchen, which is, uh, a physical space in the game. And there are stations for like, here's where meat comes out. Here's where vegetable comes out. You can take So a- is that the meat shoot? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you take the meat over to the cutting board and you can hold X to cut the meat. And then you take the meat over to the frying pan and you put it on there. And then a meter starts filling up. And if it gets too full, it catches on fire and you have to take the fire extinguisher over before the flame spreads. Uh, if you get it on in time, then you have cooked meat, uh, and then you can put a bun on a plate and the meat on the bun and the chopped lettuce on the bun and the chopped tomato on the bun, and then you can put it in the conveyor belt that takes it to the um, the people who are going to eat it. Is and, it just hamburgers? Uh, it's what I saw. It was hamburgers and soups. Okay. And this there's a similar thing for soups where like. Uh, the orders come in, like, in the case of hamburgers, it's like a list of things that go on the hamburger. In the case of soups, it's just a list of vegetables that go in the soup. Um, uh, plate, dirty plates come back around the conveyor belt, so you have to go wash those so you have new plates. And that, that's basically the whole game. And where, the, where it gets interesting is, uh, the different shapes of the kitchens. So, like, there was one kitchen where, like, uh, the, it was a rectangle, a, a rectangular path that was only one wide. So you can't walk past each other. Oh, wow. wow. So you have to like, everybody's in quadrants. We have to, well, basically what we agreed on was like only go clockwise. So that's great. Yeah. Um, and there's, I mean, you end up having to do every different job. You don't get to, you don't like stay in your area uh it, it depends on the level zone defense man zone defense. yeah like it it in on some levels that is what you want to do and on some levels it like some levels actually have moving parts where it like the like there's a the stove on <laughs> wheels <laughs> you know there there's one level where it's on like the roof of cars what and oh. they come together like there's a car that moves to be from being connected to one car to being connected to another car instead what? And so you have to coordinate through all this, you know, the uh, traffic. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you're not, dr- nobody's driving. Okay. That's a different game. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really, you know, you. Are the orders unambiguous? Cause like, uh, the cooking game that I played most recently was probably a year ago. It was called Good Pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had to take the orders from people and they did a really good job of having people saying things in like quasi naturalistic ways that were sometimes really confusing. It was, it was part of the game arguing with them about this is what you said. Well, it was just, it was just trying to understand what they meant like, yeah. because it was, you know, presented as text. Yeah. Like, no, the, it, it, the way it's presented in this game is like, uh, is icons. So uh, like okay. this soup, they want two onions and a carrot. Okay. And then you have to, cook a pot of a pot of, with just those things in it 
God, can you put some oil on the floor so that uh, one of your chefs can reenact that fucking horrifying PSA? Ah, that really is a God. bad PSA. Oof. Oh, I'm going to link that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, boy. I wouldn't say you missed it. It's um. It was from the it was from the eighties. So you, you oh missed, was it? I thought it was pretty old. I thought it was from just a few years ago. Oh, for some reason I thought it was much older. Hmm. I thought it was from the nineties. Riff, when did you think it was from? <laughs> Riff hasn't no seen idea. it. Well, just from the description. <laughs> Anything that you haven't seen is from the sixties, right? Sure. Uh, no, but you can totally just like w- one thing we realized is if you're out of counter space, the game doesn't penalize you at all for dropping things on the floor. Oh, food, but like food that you're going to use later? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Mm. That's realistic. That seems fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, the customer's never going to know. Right. Unless there's actually a cockroach on it, and then they might think that there was a cockroach in the fridge. Yep. Uh, and I played uh, Mario Maker. Um, did you make or did you play? I did, did a little bit of, little bit of both. Um, is this the, the, thing- the Wii version or the 3DS this is, version? This is the Wii U version. Oh, there's a 3DS version? Yeah. Yeah, apparently... Apparently, it doesn't you can download levels from the internet, but you can't upload them, huh? Which is just like what. And that I think you can only seems... download some levels. Yeah, like because it doesn't support. What I heard on some, I think maybe the Waypoint podcast recently, Patrick Klepek's new podcast, uh, is that which is great by the way. Go listen to yeah, it. It's very instead good. of this it's Vice's Gaming, it was called Vice's Gaming podcast until they <laughs> named it. Um, the that it doesn't support the like amiibo costume block, oh. so it just won't let you download any level that has one of those in it. Oh shit! Is it just that one thing, or is that is it like a, a number of things that it won't support? I think it might just be that. Oh, that's I real think weird. I heard somewhere it has like the weird skinny Mario though. Yeah, weird Mario is the is the canon name for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I did a little bit of both. I actually, like, the reason I wanted to play this game was that I had played uh, a little bit of it at a PAX, I think, and was really impressed with the the variety and inventiveness of the level design in the, in the, uh, the, 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 the prescribed levels that were part of, that were on the disc. Hmm. Um, and, like, I remember, like, thinking that this is exactly what I've wanted out of a 2d Mario game since new super Mario brothers. Um, and there actually has, there's less of that than I thought. Like most of the levels that you play in the, the 10 Mario mode or whatever it's called 10 Mario challenge. Most of those levels are like real short, uh, just here demonstration of an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more like a showcase for what you can do with the editor than they are yeah. the game for you to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're all fun, but... But then, theoretically, there are millions of player-created levels. I played a little bit of those, too, and they're really um, hit and miss. Sure. I mean, it seems like it just devolved quickly into the ROM hack scene, where it's like, let's just make the fucking most impossibly difficult... <laughs> and automated levels. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but uh, do they not have a category for like this is just a fun level? Uh I I didn't I I haven't actually delved too much into the uh into what what like how how do you find the good levels in yeah. Mario Maker? I didn't have much luck trying. I've seen I've been watching some YouTube videos of a guy who finds these crazy puzzle levels and it's really neat the like the kinds of obfuscation of stuff that you can do, yeah. but it still relies on these insane Jump executions of things in the in yeah. the physics. That's of the not game. something that is inherent to making crazy puzzles. No, it's just what people tend to put together. Yeah. Um, 
And then I spent some time. I So my first few sessions with this, I was like deliberately in, in, in part because they start you with the Super Mario Brothers um, components. I was deliberately like restricting myself even after they opened up more things to I want to make a Super Mario Brothers level that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's real fucking hard. Like the constraints of Super Mario Brothers and also having the all the patterns in the original game burned into my brain for like it's either a combination of like either they hit all the good shapes or I just can't think of any shapes other than the ones that they made because I've played that game so much. Uh, I, I, yeah, there aren't that many interesting configurations of those blocks that they didn't do. Right. But that can't be true, right? I, I but mean, then it turns out it is, geez, I guess. I don't know. Like, uh, that's one of the one reason I should, you know, go uh, try to find some really good Mario Maker levels. You know what? It's what my memory of Super Mario Brothers is that one, two has the weirdest shit in it of any level. Like that W of blocks early on with coins on top of all of them and the weird overhang with like that doesn't that feels categorically different than every other level in the game. The way you can like it gives you a few opportunities to like jump up on top of the level. And that's like, yeah, that's clearly intentional that like they want you to be able to feel awesome by skipping the level. Yeah. Well, because they the warp pipes. That too, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a super interesting level, Um, and this all came like uh, along with thoughts about like from like 1998 to 2005. I was just making the same platformer over and over again, Um, just like making a but but by which I mean making a platformer engine, making a level with all the features in it to test them. And then starting over. It's like catacomb kids. <laughs> if, if only I'd thought of having it procedurally generated, that would probably have, I might have actually finished a game. Um, and like in every case, I would get to the point where like, yeah, there's enough here to make a game out of. Now I have to sit down and design however many levels for it to be a game. And that was a part that like, I didn't even know how to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's a skill that just, you know, for, Almost my entire game development, like the time I've spent in my life doing it, I've almost never done level design. And that's super weird to me now that I think about it. Um, and part of that was like part, part of my reaction to trying to make levels under these constraints is that like maybe I just can't do this. <laughs> maybe I just suck at level design and will never be able to do it. But then I uh, decided to make a Mario 3 style level. And my first try was pretty fun. Mm. So I could just do that instead. You should invite JP over and see if he can make a good. I want to have this conversation with him. Yeah. Maybe he can do. I mean, I also wish he was on this podcast instead of me. If it makes you feel any better. (laughs) We can't have a guest here. There's no fourth microphone. We've yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to tweak some things. If we're going to have a guest again, we could have just like point the camera at JP's face and then use some lip sync software mm. to create an audio track for him. Right. Or I could just go in and post and say, I'm JP LeBreton, blah, 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 Bioshock, doom. <laughs> 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 just got to make a soundboard. 
we should play the No Man's Sky patch and have him in. Oh, yeah. To- <laughs> yeah. It's supposed uh, to be more of a game now. Well, yeah, I don't buy it. I I so I, I want to try it again in four years. Honestly, they said that they made uh, they improved the terrain generator, which is maybe the most important thing in my opinion. Yeah. Right. So, and there there are worlds with no life on them now. Yeah. I wonder if that means they reseeded the entire. It's oh, so yeah. I was I was thinking about this like I, I think. That it might be that they actually have both types of generation in the game now, and if someone has f- like has named the the planet on the server, then it uses the mm. old one. Or maybe they decided nobody fucking cares because you never ever go back to a planet that or, you leave. Or that, <laughs> like, yeah. Except for the fact that they added bases where you go back. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't have them then, so like no one's gonna remember. Something also that I read was that they, with the barren planet stuff, they just added those into some systems. Because hmm. like it's pretty trivial for them to add a planet into a system, right? I mean, it, yes, to just tweak the algorithm to do what it did before, and then also under certain circumstances add another planet. Sure, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like it's so like all of that stuff is so a thing that doesn't signify that it just doesn't matter if they change it. Like there's nobody that's like upset about it the way that you would be upset about like when you had a multiplayer Minecraft server going and something changed that made it. So now when you go out to the edges of the places that you've explored before, there's fucking walls of different kind of terrain generated, like, right. And it's obnoxious. Remember when we set up that multiplayer server right before the biomes patch that then made it so the area that we had all settled in was like that gross olive-colored grass and it just sucked and was lame and we hated everything and so we just started a new server? I miss that castle. So I have to make another bigger castle. Remember that giant tree I made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that hedge maze you made by planting all the... Trees. Yeah. yeah, when you couldn't place leaf blocks, yeah. Kevin made a hedge uh, maze by planting trees so that they would spawn hedge blocks, maybe in the squares that he needed them in for the maze. Wow. Then I'd have to cut down the have trees. To cut down the tree. Do it over again. The leaves. Yeah. The leaves. It was, the leaves. Oh. It was arduous. Yeah. Those were some good times. Yeah. Those were some good hundreds of hours that we spent making stuff to impress each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you guys want to talk about this assignment, Darkest Dungeon, or Riff? I forgot. Uh-huh. Video games. Video games. Oh, uh, just the same stuff as before. I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm just about at the end of Kingsfield 4, and I beat, uh, Pokemon Moon, and I'm, I'm gradually making my way through the, through the post-game content in sort of a casual pace, and thinking about starting a, a new game of Pokemon Sun so that I'll have something to do over Christmas, but do, using, like, a new, a slightly different weird set of restrictions on myself. So that'll be interesting. Are you using a weird set of restrictions on yourself now? Uh, yeah, my my game through Moon, I played with... Um, I played as sort of a half Nuzlocke run. I didn't use the Nuzlocke permadeath rule, but I did use the rule that you can only catch the very first wild Pokemon you meet in any given zone. Uh, and so the, um, 
and that and that was pretty fun because I ended up using guys that that you know that I might not have otherwise considered. Can you explain cool. what a nuzlocke run is? Have we done this already? We I... we we have done this already. A nuzlocke run is that rule I just described, and the other rule is that any time one of your Pokemon faint, it is dead, and you have to either get mm. rid of it or stick it in stick it in a bank box earmarked for guys that you're never allowed to use again. Do, is it named after a person named Nuzlocke? Or? It is named after there is a a webcomic artist started uh started a Pokemon Red run and made up these rules to make it interesting for himself and and did a webcomic about all the events of the run and it was called Nuzlocke because one of the first Pokemon he ended up with was a Nuzleaf, which he thought looked like the character Locke from Lost. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I can see why even on a first playthrough, like, a veteran would want to add these constraints, because, like, I, I guess I'm only, like, three hours in, but still, almost every fight I have against another trainer, they still haven't figured out to have more than one Pokemon in their party. Yeah, you, you like, even... I don't think I have met a single uh, NPC trainer who has all six. Like even right. even the the champion at the very end of the game doesn't have all six. Yeah. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Previous games they did right. I believe like, so. I don't think like random dudes you meet out in the world did not tend to have more than three. But like the the, 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 the final four, yeah, or whatever the it was called, four definitely had a full set. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. Oh, here's the other thing I want to know. Riff, what's the deal? Why do you love Snorlax so much? Why do I love Snorlax? <laughs> like, in general, or the particular one I was using? Or what's the origin of this question? Uh, you had had a... Oh, maybe I'm misremembering it. You had had a tweet where you were, like, defending your lineup uh, by saying it's tactical. Oh, yeah, that was just a... this the The game throughout does this thing where... NPCs will comment on your team, like, oh, you and Pokemon X really saved the day that time. And right. the, the Pokemon they pick is always whatever Pokemon is the, the guy in slot one, which, yeah. so they, they were always just saying, oh, you and Snorlax did a great job, or, or let me heal Snorlax and the rest of your miscellaneous goons. Right. But I, I just had Snorlax in the first slot because I wanted him to get the first hit in, and then I swap him out for more important guys. So uh, is, I did not what, feel What's his like advantage tactically? Um, the, the particular Snorlax I'm using has uh, Yawn, which puts Pokemon to sleep, and he also had a move uh, called Happy Hour, which, <laughs> which doubles the amount of money you get for beating a trainer. And he also was carrying Lucky Incense, which also doubles the amount of money you get for beating a trader. And those two stack to four times. Nice. So, wait, but so if you if you swap them out, do, do those things still apply? And it still, yeah, it still applies. So even if he even if he gets killed or fainted dur during the fight, it still applies so long as he's been in the fight at some point. 
Wow. The, the reason I brought it up was that I had read that tweet and assumed like people in real life were oh, like shipping no, no. you and Snorlax it's, it's together. All, it's all it, just the NPCs are. Right. And the other thing that annoyed me about that is like they they don't say the dude's nickname. Like I gave I yeah. I think about it takes me forever to decide what to name these guys. And yeah, the, and it's the important. NPCs just say Snorlax. Like Puplio. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did name one Puplio actually. <laughs> but uh, and and you know the game knows what the name is. It's yeah, right they, in there. they they keep it in the RAM. Yeah. So, you know what I want? I want to be able to rename the moves. Oh. I mean, is this a thing where they don't want they don't want a screenshot of a Nintendo written character saying, "Hey, nice tits" or whatever. Like Do, they they have I mean, a filter, don't they? <laughs> a they have a what? A word filter, I think. Oh yeah, they do. They it, it will stop you from naming uh, from naming a Pokemon with with a naughty fragment. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is a w- weird way to phrase that, huh? <laughs> but Just you know what I mean. F you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like how for a while you, I mean, still, I think you probably can't name a Kingdom of Loathing character Scunthorpe. That's what somebody wanted to. Um, You should just have the word Scunthorpe be the only word in the filter. Yeah, it's whitelisted. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know if it is or not. I'm, forget. (laughs) Is profanity, the PHP function is profanity as a 15 year old function that I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, I, in my head canon, is profanity as part of PHP, like part of the PHP library. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, this was just a series of uh, stir counts of, you know, naughty fragments. (laughs) Right. Do you guys want to talk about the assignment, Darkest Dungeons assignment? Well, let me, let me, let me finish this by just saying, because if I don't, well, just if I don't say this, somebody will ask me on Twitter or something. The, the, what I'm doing for my next game is what's called a Wonderlock, which is going to be basically the same, the, the same catching rules. I can only catch the first guy I meet, but as soon as I catch him, I then have to wonder trade him. And Wonder Trade is the feature where you basically take a Pokemon and throw it out into the void, and the server looks for someone else who is also doing that at the same moment, and it swaps the two guys. Does that mean that you're going to get garbage Pokemans because you're only getting ones that other people have decided to get rid of? It's it's weird. In X Pokemon XY, they did tend to all be garbage. But so far in Sun and Moon... It's been pretty decent. It's only been like 40% garbage, I would say. I I mean, you're not going to get like a legendary, but it seems like a lot of people are trying to breed uh, like really nice versions of like the starters and other rare stuff with like the best stats. And then the ones that don't, that are like not quite the best stats, they're pitching onto Wonder Trade. So hmm. you, so you get some pretty decent guys and and the interesting part is that you get entirely random guys so I think that'll be that'll be kind of an interesting way to play through it. Yep. But yeah, darkest dungeon. You get random guys out of a out horse. Of a, yeah, out, out of, of a, a horse, out of a cart, out of a gachapon machine. <laughs> um this game is real pretty. 
Yeah, yeah, I love the way it looks like Hellboy. It looks like Mike Mignola's. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, really I would nice. not have actually ever, really ever connected, ever connected, connected, connected that. But you're totally right. Looks a lot like Hellboy. Um, it's very oppressive really? gameplay. That was my takeaway too. Like, yeah. Well, what does that mean, oppressive? Like in in my case, it means that it's very fiddly and lots of things to have to remember to play it. Okay. Sure. And it always feels like, to me, I don't know if I'm failing because I'm meant to fail because that's what the game is or right. if because, because I'm not yeah, doing a good job yeah. of making I, I, the moment-to-moment yeah. -moment decisions. Like, the, the marketing – go on. I was, on. Just say, I was, I was on, kind Riff. of uh, turned off initially by the amount of numbers and stats that are on your guys with no explanation of what they are or do. Yeah. Hold down H. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's they they explain all this stuff if you pay attention. I mean, it says hold down H, but I'm not gonna <laughs> do. Ain't that, nobody, right? ain't nobody got time for that. that. So that if you, like a, yeah, if you, it's a tool. Uh, to, it's like a loading loading tutorial. Oh, yeah, one of the tutorial. Pop I only played a couple. Um, of I'm like Jim. Whenever I see that. a tutorial pop up, I'm just like escape. Yeah. Um. It's. Like, I wasted a bunch of gold putting guys in, like, recovery things, not realizing I was going to have to immediately pull them out to be able to have four people to send on a mission. So mm. that was aggravating because <laughs> it doesn't recover them if you don't leave them in there for... Right. It, it also tells you that that they have to stay for, for a week. Hmm. Like... Uh, does, each, does each excursion take a week? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that's why the, the, the log is week one did this thing. The marketing weeks. pitch for this game, like if you go to the website or if you go to anybody who's talking about it, the interesting part of the game is the um, the ways that the characters mentally break down. And I feel like that you totally could make a game that is about that much more than this is. I feel like this game is much more about the – like it feels like it's a lot more about the moment-to-moment -moment combat to The me. only time that that – I ever noticed that was the yeah. I was yeah. just thinking exactly that because I had my lead guy somewhere along the way got kleptomania and opened a chest and had some really nice looking shit in there, but I don't get that because he just took it. <laughs> he was like a crusader type paladin looking guy too. Yep. I mean, I definitely had it the case where it's like somebody wouldn't heal somebody else because they didn't trust them or like oh, huh. things just failed or like attacks miss because the person is suddenly like claustrophobic or something. I didn't feel like, like I wish that instead of a dungeon that you had to like pseudo WASD your dudes through that there was just like a map that you clicked on and then had like, dialogues pop up explaining what you found and what your options were for dealing with it. Yeah. And that, like, because having to walk around just felt really mm. tedious. And the fact that you had to interact with the map in order to like move to a new room also meant that it didn't, the, the like scene at the top wasn't connected to anything outside of combat. Like the spaces were meaningless. Well, I mean, if you pay attention and you notice a trap, you can disarm it. And stuff like that doesn't seem fun to me, though. <laughs> okay, I mean, you can choose to interact with stuff or not, right? Which you could do that by clicking yes or no on a thing as easily as like 
Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, I like, I also think that like Super Mario Galaxy would have been better with a, a, like a, just a menu than an overworld Mm. to like, like Mario Galaxy 2 had. Apparently. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I felt like the moving around stuff was kind of tedious and not, not really in service of any of the things that the game is about. And so even after, I, I mean, I only played like, four or five missions i think four or five quests and the game f- started to feel really grindy even that early in and i was like i just like this is not a thing that i if i had a an abundance of time i could imagine being excited by this but like in in a world where i've got a bunch of other stuff to do this is not something i'm gonna get super involved in is it possible to lose your characters can die, right? Like, Maybe you always get new characters, and don't you have to do that anyway? Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's like, question. isn't every character like p- pretty much gonna die over the course of normal play? Is it possible to like, if you if you don't have any characters that have enough experience to deal with any of the quests that you have, that might be a problem. Mm, a fail state. Yeah, I only ever got I, I've started this game several times and never got further than like three or four weeks in. So I don't really know if the environments start to change up or anything The I found the torch stuff just like a weird tax mm-hmm. that I was paying that I didn't understand what money meant. <laughs> like I found myself delaying combat trying to with characters that could increase the torchlight as with its skills right on like the last enemy of a fight and just healing and increasing light healing increasing light to just try to avoid paying up a, a ton of gold for torches is this a game that boring. like while in early access there was this degenerate strategy which was to keep a corpse at the front of your party huh i don't know that doesn't sound I know people were really pissed when they added the monster corpses because that came in after like a lot of the people who were into this game had already bought it. That might be like what it was I'm an early access of. game that was done essentially when it came out in in a lot of that was already fun. You mean? Yeah, but I mean, I think it was like basically already there. There wasn't yeah. like the corpses are kind of interesting. They yeah, I think so too. They they definitely create tactical decisions. Yeah, I hate. When any video game has a thing that's like, here, do this thing. It has an 85% chance of working. Like, I just hate that. And I think it's bad. And I don't, I don't think that it is fun. Like, so hitting and, and having a critical state are fine. Yep. That's fine. Cause that's, that's doing a cool something bonus. or doing something well. Yeah. But doing something or not doing something is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. What I feel is like distinction in your head. It's like framing. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Okay. One of the my, one of my least favorite things about the combat system in Pokemon is how much of um a, a Pokemon's how many Pokemon abilities are just there to like make the opponent's move do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you have them used on you a lot. Yeah. Well, I like I I feel like that's I I've tried using them against opponents and it's effective but it's not fun it's not you wouldn't say it's super effective and it's it's certainly not fun to have it like it just makes the fight take longer i think those are Mm -hmm. mainly in there for pvp 
I, I don't, yeah. I don't ever play PvP, so I can't, I can't really say what that meta yeah, me is either. like. The in this, like, I never had any idea how much damage an attack was going to do, and. I don't know if it was possible to figure that out based on the numbers that were being presented to you on the screen or not, but nothing ever said, like, it's going to do this much damage. There were certain things that had a multiplier or, like, a per- damage and then a percentage. Yeah, but what's your base damage that that percentage affects? Yeah. I was wondering about that, too. Is that something on – maybe it's on your weapon if you mouse over it? But it just seemed like basically – Every ability from every character did some random amount of damage and then applied some status effect, maybe. You know, unless unless it just missed because I rolled 9 on 1d100 instead of 16. You know, I hate that in, like, I really like the Shadowrun games, but I hate that, like, percentage chance of missing. Like, those games are so much more fun once you like level your characters up to the point where it effectively never happens. Right. I don't know. I mean, I get how somebody would disagree with me about that, but I just don't personally like it because I feel like the, the interesting stories that come out of that from the player's point of view is, yeah, I, I rolled, I missed four times in a row, even though I had a 90% chance of hitting and I got mad because that's bullshit. You know, gambler's fallacy, whatever, but you don't. It's still bullshit. Yeah, it is bullshit. I hit for two damage and then, and then, or I, I would have hit for two damage, but then I decided to, to hit it again, but this time using my skill that would do four damage and then that missed. So I decided to hit for the skill that would do eight. <laughs> <damage>. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I, I think this is a good game. I don't think I'm going to play any more of it. Probably. Yeah, it's a game. That, I feel like it's a good game that's not for me. Yeah. Or that's would, not for me you know, in my current life. I, You know, I'd like for somebody to make a game, a, a less oppressive game with the same art and mechanics. <laughs> I feel like this game has the same, like for me at least, has the same problem the novelist had, which is like, I'm really interested in the meta game. What is the meta game of the novelist? The, the, basically the paragraphs of text that tell the story between all the running around as a ghost. Okay. Like the choices you make, as opposed to like couldn't you kind the stealth of get sections get that with the novelist because you could just turn off the stealth. You still had to go like around and find everything. Oh, find all the clues. And yeah. Stuff. Okay. Like this game, I w- I want to play the the Twine version of it. Yeah. Like I just want everything to happen faster. That's why I don't like that. Like if this is just going to be a like see if this die roll turns out in your favor or not, I'm fine with yeah. that. But I don't want to have to like watch some dudes walk down a corridor to get the chance to roll that or the clicker version of it where like you see the dudes walk down the corridor but it takes like two seconds right do you did you enjoy the combat yeah i think the combat is i mean i would have if it wasn't for missing every once in a while and (laughs) just that being bullshit also like i don't know sometimes like uh some scary happened and everybody got like a weird black halo thorn thing. And I guess that means sanity loss. It's the stress. stress. Increase, okay. Increase but what stress. causes it? Lots of different stuff. There are enemy attacks that specifically increase stress. There's, it happens randomly. If your torchlight is low, it happens a lot more often. Mm-hmm. If you're. This is the enemy attacks like tweeting about the Trump <laughs> campaign. Yeah. I just wish that they would say, oh, it's so dark. And then stress 
They you would know? sometimes say sometimes, stuff. yeah. It like I, you know, one thing that I also really liked about this was the narration. It's just like so yeah, metal. Yeah. It was pretty metal. Yeah, the opening cutscene is that's true. Awesome. Yeah, it was well done. I like motion comics yep. for for high effort to v- effect ratio in a video game. Yeah, I think it's. I would rather have that than a cutscene because at least I know then. Oh well, this is definitely just expository story stuff. <laughs> uh, what's the distinction you're making between that and a like a full like a like an in-engine cutscene? I guess is what I is what I mean. Okay, but I don't know if I actually believe that now that I've said it out loud. Okay, it's cheaper than a cutscene, so I know that they spent more time on the parts of the game that I care <laughs> about. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yeah, that's why the the. Flash cutscenes in Mirror's Edge were so great. Dishonored 2 has that, too. Yeah? Yeah, it has motion comics between the levels. Which, I don't remember the first one probably did, too, now that I think about it. Don't remember them, if so. But it didn't have, like, cutscenes that I remember. Yeah, I, well, I remember the storytelling being pretty interactive. Like, walking around a space and listening to people talk. Shall we meet later for... Whiskey and cigars. And you tell me you're going to kill me, Zach? No. No, that's the thing that guards say to each other. Right. So they don't start killing each other until Dishonored 2. So are, is that implying that the the guards all just want to, like, make out later? Like, net, shall we meet later for Netflix and chill? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Netflix yes. and chili. Hmm. Yep. What are we playing next, Kevin? Uh, we're going to play a game called Automata Empire. It's like a 4X game from the... Or a civilization management game? No. no? It's like a... T- it's uh, like Conway's Game of Life, the combat simulator. Oh. Okay. Uh, but it's by the Dungeons of Dreadmore mans. I guess. Yeah. It's gas lamp games. Gaslight? Gas lamp. Gas lamp. Because yeah. it's the gas lamp district. Of San Diego? The joke that keeps getting made in the same restaurant at Disneyland is that it's the gas light district, which is the district that totally exists and you've been there mm-hmm. and you love it. Really, you told us all how much you love it. <laughs> uh, gas lamp, gas lamp games. Wait, so how many X's are in this? If, uh, not, if not four. The map isn't obscured, so I don't know that there's any exploration. Okay. There is definitely expansion. Okay. What are the other two X's? Extermination. You definitely want to exterminate some things. And exploit. Yeah, exploit. You're not that's really exploiting like building, okay. but that's like building a mine. Like yeah, exploiting there's no, there's in the no sense. Re, there's no resources there. Yeah. Like so weird. One X. I, the the messaging oh, about the messaging about this game is is weird, or like just didn't get correctly to me at all. This might not be the game you're thinking of. Yeah, I guess maybe not. <laughs> Has are you no. thinking of Dungeons of Dreadmore? I think I'm thinking of Clockwork Empires. Okay, that would make is, a lot more sense. Is that also by Gaslamp? Well, I, I think, think this th- one is not. I think this one is not because I like I hadn't. I think I Clockwork Empires is the Gaslamp game right. that I'm thinking of. I think yeah. you're right. I think this is entirely separate. Right, but uh, with a title that's just like a thesaurus out version of that game. Well, I really, yeah, I really never was mind. not kidding about have, being Conway's game of life. Okay, well, I but, have no fucking idea what this is then. So now yeah. I'm excited to play it and learn it. It's weird. Yeah. The, Kevin, all of the marketing about a completely different game was really misleading to me about this game that I've never heard of. Yeah. Well, 
Okay. Hey, uh, guys, do you know who this episode uh, was brought to us by? It was our Patreon backers. We like them so much. Uh, Tweedledee. Jordan versus Bird. Pooplio. Oh, yeah, and Pooplio. Good old Pooplio. Turdlio. (laughs) If I catch another one, that'll be... Yeah. Tedlio. Mr. Rightly. Mr. Goodbar. Caterpoo. Baby Ruth. Kira Knightley. Um, Hooch Rye Biscuit. Oh, are you just looking at things that are in your your room now? You got a you got a jar of moonshine, orange and a... styrofoam, <laughs> floorboard McGee. <laughs> Guys, uh, I as entertaining as I'm sure this is uh, to our listeners, uh, I think it's time for us to stop. I I've had a I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 267 of Video Games Hot Dog with you fellows, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you. Don't all back your Patreon <laughs> and give you a rating on iTunes. That's, As convenient uh, that's lovely. Audio book or online store. Seriously, guys, is it Polodna or Polodna? You'll have to ask. Okay. Bye, everyone. Good night. Later. Have a great week. <laughs>